Stepped off of the train in this town May look kind of strange, kind of rough all around You don't know what I've been through But you better not stare, better watch your mouth Boy, don't be a fool, no need to be scared But you need to be aware you think you own this town huh, I don't care, the emperors they bear I'm just looking for some brothers in arms And a woman with the long dark Welcome to the Texas Hemp Show. This is podcast number 144 this week of the Texas Hemp Show podcast. I'm Russell Dowden, publisher and editor for the Texas Hemp Reporter magazine. We are currently in production of our 20th edition of the Texas Hemp Reporter, and that is going to be available here the first week of October around the state at all of our fellow smoke shop owners and CBD store owners as uh, our 20th edition will be made available here coming out uh, uh, here about the first week. I think we expect that to actually land in stores around the 5th and 4th of October by the time we actually get them and, and get them out of our warehouse and start moving the Texas Hemp Reporter around the state. But we're excited to uh, have that one put together. And, and we featured uh, some great great editorial coming out in this next one. A lot of a lot of good information, but we also did our gummy review. So there's a top ten THC gummies is a big story that everybody's looking forward to, to checking out. So we'll we'll be sharing a little more about that in next next week's show. As next week, the magazine will be at the printer, and we can just talk about it. And oh, and there's the cover. Thank you, uh, my producers, uh, showing you kind of a preview there of the Texas THC challenge, as well as tackling marijuana in texas uh, there's a third annual hemp harvest festival coming up there's also the second annual uh, hemp summit at texas a and is also coming up so this is kind of a preview of our uh, october november edition that we're working on right now so we'll be c- talking about that a little more next week we'll be right back texas hip show podcast number 144 continues we'll be back on the other side with jay mcguire and we're going to talk to the texas hip federation about some of these stores that keep getting raided this is something that keeps happening we'll give a kind of do a little update on some of the stores and uh, talk a little more with jay and uh, one of the store owners down there in harlingen will come on as well trevor come on today and tell us a little bit about his situation down there as well texas hemp show we'll be back podcast 144 right here on the other side be right back Local brand Sweet Sensi, known as the original Texas Rosin Company, presents another year of bringing the hemp industry and the people of Texas together to celebrate all things cannabis at their Texas Hemp Harvest Festival. The Sweet Sensi brand, known as the best true full-spectrum organic gourmet candy manufacturer in Texas, has been selling out the Texas Hemp Harvest Festival for the last two years. This year's festival holds two days of elevated cannabis experiences on November 3rd and 4th 
24th, downtown East 4th Street at Distribution Hall, showcasing hemp and art vendors from all around the state and features on stage top reggae artists like 10-Foot Ganja Plant, Sister Nancy, Josh Heinrichs with Skillinja, Pacifier, and Austin's own Mau Mau Chaplains. Sponsorships available to companies interested in showcasing their brand to the large audience. Buy your tickets and inquire about sponsorship and vendor spots at TexasHempHarvestFestival.com. The Texas Hemp Reporter is your leader in hemp and cannabis news for fellow Texans. Covering legislative news, alternative product reviews, health, retailer profiles, and celebrity interviews. Cannabis products are growing in availability and in more improved flavors. Ask about your brand being profiled in the magazine. Learn how your products can be featured in the Texas Hemp Reporter magazine and how you can be a guest on the Texas Hemp Show on ESPN Austin. Did you know that the Texas Hemp Reporter magazine is available absolutely free at over 700 CBD stores and smoke shops across Texas, Dallas, Houston, Austin, and San Antonio. Can't find a magazine? Read each issue online at TexasHempReporter.com. For over three years, the Texas Hemp Reporter magazine has educated our readers with news and culture about this amazing plant. For more information, email Russell at TexasHempReporter at gmail.com. That's TexasHempReporter at gmail.com. Now, back to the show. I got the cock devil in my left hand I got the balls of the Lord in my right hand In my teeth I got the click for the mother of man I eat the soul with a spoon in a stall of land I've been a wild all down with dirt, a brain a wash In my soul, a hearse up in gas With the new air up in gas With the new air Alright, welcome back to the Texas Hemp Show podcast. This is podcast number 144 this week. Shout out to my producer, Carl who's now stuck it out with me for 101 shows. Now that we've done, this is our 101st show together. So thank you, Carl, for uh, sticking around with me, uh, doing a great job. He's, he gives me the thumbs up back there behind the production desk here at the Texas Hemp Show. I'm Russell Dowd, and publisher for the Texas Hemp Reporter magazine. Our 20th issue will be out coming soon next week, uh, week after next, actually. But I'm going to jump back to our friend's uh, with uh, Jay McGuire has been uh, uh, talking with me about a couple of cases that he's been working with. Uh, and we've had this continuous conversation. Any of you who've been a part of the show over the last year or two has, you know, on occasion, we've covered these raids that have happened. And I think David Sergi as well as Jay McGuire have both been on the show in the past year uh, to talk about these kinds of cases. And we had one a number of uh, two years ago. There was one that we did. It's still available on our website, TexasHempReporter.com. That's the Navarro County uh, incident. We called the articles with the Scott cases with Sky and Hobbs and Hunter Robinson uh, up in Navarro County. But the article, you can Google it, is Navarro County in the case of the missing hemp where they were illegally raided and those charges were dropped not long after we put Jay McGuire and, and the Hemp Federation 
uh, in touch with the district attorney's office up in Navarro County. And I'll let Jay talk about that case with us a little more, but also with the update of what's going on uh, down in South Texas. And then there's some other cases uh, that have been going on in North Texas that we will also be mentioning. But but joining us here this week on Podcast 144, uh, uh, Jay McGuire with the Texas Hemp Federation. Good evening, Jay. How are you? It's a really uh, enormously terrifying and disruptive thing to happen in a person's life to be arrested for a serious crime, to have law enforcement raid your home and your place of business uh, in servicing, uh, serving a warrant. It's worse when you know that you've done everything right um, and you're in your view, being falsely accused of being a drug dealer when what you're doing is selling hemp-derived cannabinoids and hemp products that are fully legal in this state. You have a lab test to prove that the products on your shelves are compliant, uh, and you have a belief that the law, especially under the House Bill 1325, allows you to, to fix a problem that might arise. But as um, I have pointed out to you a couple of times, um, in the end, some people are able to make it through the legal process. They, they, they have the, the, the financial wherewithal to hire an attorney, and they hire an attorney who is um, up to speed on this rapidly developing a new area of law. Um, then they may, might beat the rap, but surviving the ride right. on the way there is rough. Um, That's what a good attorney friend of mine's always said, Jay. Is is hey, you can't beat the ride, beat the rap. Right. My my, uh, you know, I, I worked for a, a guy who was a the number two prosecutor in the country in the Justice Department, and he taught me a lot of things uh, about <clears throat> you know the federal government has awesome power, law enforcement generally has awesome power. Our, our DPS. Uh, it, it, they are the they are the long arm of the law. They're the instrument of the state, and so it's really important that they get it right. And not just I'm not just saying that from a civil liberties perspective. It's important from a law enforcement perspective that they are getting the right people for the right crimes, and not um, you know eroding public confidence in in their ability to to even handedly apply the law. Here's where we are, though, and and. I'm going to say this really carefully. I do not intend to come on your show and knock law enforcement. I'm convinced that this is an artifact of how the stop-start of the public policy process with respect to cannabis, marijuana, and hemp has led to confusion. Excuse me. So when you put me in touch with Hunter Robinson at Sky and Hobbs, and I think that was was over a year ago? Yeah. Or maybe – yeah, it was it was uh, just after the legislative session. Um, it was very clear to me, and I'm a layperson, not a lawyer, but I worked for lawyers and with lawyers and hired lawyers a lot in, over the last few years or many years, that there was something wrong. Like there was a disconnect between the story Hunter was telling me um, and what law enforcement acted on. Hunter showed the receipts. He was. Um, very methodical in his research on the seeds. He was he was uh, selecting with his business partner the hydroponic grow up in Navarro County. Mm-hmm. Uh, it took a year. He, he explained that to me and showed it to me. He had certificates of analysis for the plant 
every plant um, done exactly the way the law prescribes. His license was in order. Everything looked right. But the police captain up in Corsicana didn't believe any of that was genuine. So the police captain's instinct or, or overriding, you know, maybe it's bias confirmation. It, I'm sorry, implicit bias was that this is marijuana and this guy is trying to get away with something right under our nose. And they came down on him like a ton of bricks. And when you've got felony charges facing you, his business is destroyed. His income went with it. So he lost his entire investment plus his ability to earn money. It, he suffered. Yeah. Um, I'm not going to speak for him. He's spoken publicly about this. So I'll, I'll just relay what he, he has said publicly. This really hurt him. And you can imagine what that's got to be like. My heart went out to him and, and I wanted to help so bad. I knew that David uh, Sergi, who is my, oh man, I can't use that term partner in crime, my partner in, in truth and justice. <laughs> um, David is a, is a criminal defense attorney who is also a board member of the Texas State Bar. He's a serious lawyer. Um, I know he doesn't look like it because he's a big teddy bear, but I promise you that man understands the law inside and out, and he understands how to, how to work this situation. And just looking into it, discovered that the chain of, uh, chain of custody for the evidence was messed up, that when um, the courthouse lawyer that Hunter hired asked for discovery, the discovery documents came back in a corrupted file, and they were never able to What's get um, those replaced with actual documents that were working. Yeah, so we were, he was facing his trial, and uh, I think it was a week before or a few days before, David called the DA and walked through exactly how this, how this was wrong in, in, in from, from two, two perspectives. Firstly, hmm. the stuff that Hunter had was legal, full stop. But secondly, his civil rights, I, it, I think, based on what I, what I saw uh, in what Hunter provided me and my, my general knowledge of what, how our Constitution is supposed to protect us, his civil rights are violated. Yeah. That goes to the seriousness with which the war on drugs has been prosecuted over the last 50 years. If someone is a drug dealer or perceived to be a drug dealer or a drug trafficker, they're the lowest of the low. And, and our police forces uh, have been trained to look at them that way and see them as dangerous and people who have to be taken in. Yeah, but, you know, well, I, and I know, too, and I know that I know that's you're you're making the point, though. And these are business owners here in Texas, Jay, that that are tested by legal uh, Texas Department of Ag licensed labs. Uh, this is always the case. I'm sorry to interject there, but no, it's okay. I, I, I just saying it, it gets my go and I get riled up too. want to ch chime in on all of this because I've had friends that have been, you know, unjustly arrested for things like this. I even went to jail once for it, even though it wasn't my, my cannabis, but, but it just, it just, uh, this has got to stop and we've got to get better education with our law enforcement is really seems to be the, the real challenge, isn't it, Jay? Yeah, that's totally right. Totally right. We're, we're up against some headwinds here. Okay. Firstly, I think I've explained to you in the past what I think of as, as a culture within law enforcement that it, it arises from the, the war on drugs and all of the, the um, uh, cultural implications, social implications that it has. Police officers, since, since 
since the seventies, since when I was born have been inculcated in this idea that, that drugs are bad and have to be dealt with um, severely. It's going to take a while to help shift some attitudes about marijuana and cannabis. I don't believe that the federal government scheduled marijuana on the controlled substances list in 1970 in good faith. And I say that as, you know, the guy I was talking to you about earlier is one of the Nixon administration appointees who, who helped to, as the architect of the legal infrastructure of, of that move and the drug control act and the crime bill. I believe that it was about social control. I think most Americans recognize that marijuana is functionally harmless. My own doctor, you know, who's a pretty, you know, I, I buy the book kind of guy. It's like, yeah, it's cannabis is harmless. No one ever dies from it. It's silly to have it on the same uh, in the same category as, say, heroin or cocaine or whatever. But turning that those attitudes is, is going to take a while. And when Congress legalized hemp and hemp derivatives uh, in the Farm Bill, that's really all it said. And you know, therefore, our belief and the temporary injunction that we're operating under, I think, validates that. And all of the court cases across the country, I think there's two circuit court cases and there was one just in Arkansas that struck down a Delta 8 ban. Yeah. Say that the federal supremacy clause, the farm bill, and that that one st- sentence there, hemp and hemp derivatives are legal, controls. But getting from that to drilling down into local law enforcement uh, agencies is going to take a little while. And there has not been clear communication from government. There has not been training, and so we're we're working on that. Well, Hunter's charges were dropped, okay? And the, the, the DAs, I think, have a little bit more of, a, uh, of their finger on the pulse. They don't, they don't want to have their, their time taken up uh, prosecuting bad cases. They, they certainly don't want losses. Um, but that's not going to stop them. Key point, it is not going to stop the police or prosecutors from bullying or persuading innocent uh, suspects to take a plea. Yeah. And that's really, that's, I have to tell you, that is the most dangerous thing in the world. Well, I found out very shortly after, let me get this out, man. Very shortly after that, there was another, another person in Harlingen target. I'm, I'm sorry, excuse me. In, um, of course, targeted by the same, um, you know, police task force or what have you. Mm-hmm. And did not have financial wherewithal, was not legally sophisticated, did not have the the contacts to go on the Texas Hemp Show and, and get connected to somebody like me and David Sergi mm-hmm. and took the plea and now has a felony. And that is a lifelong albatross on that person's neck. Yeah. And I, I could have wept. Well, the, the guys were fortunate enough at Sky and Hobbs that they were growers, they were licensed growers and you know, for the first three, two and a half years that we were publishing, now in our third and a half year, we last last year in the summer we stopped mailing them to the farmers. We were mailing them to all of our growers that had license permits. So for the very first couple of years, uh, we did make them available around the state in stores, but we also mailed them to our farmers, and that was how those guys became aware of us. Uh, initially and, and did and they actually emailed and reached out to us but you know when I was young Jay and th- and this speaks to and, and where I'm going with this you know being a teenager growing up in Austin if you got 
you know, they would pour your beer out on a Friday night and pour your bag of pot out and send you home, kind of smack you on the wrist and and you lock up the car and go on home, kids, uh, call your Friday. That was how we were treated in 16, 17-year-old kids in the late 80s, early 90s. Yeah. And, and, and But this keeps happening in rural areas. I'm not seeing this happening on South Lamar in downtown Austin. This isn't happening off the Hempstead Highway in Houston. Uh, this isn't uh, uh, going on, you know, in the metro of Dallas or San Antonio. This is happening, you know, in the smaller law enforcement communities. Is it the lack of knowledge by the law enforcement or is it the lack of uh, influence the district attorney's office has on law enforcement in these smaller communities, Jay? You know, I think I think that's a very good question to ask. <clears throat> let me let me say this. I think that there have been cases in mid-sized municipalities like Harlingen and um, uh, uh, McKinney and Garland. I don't know how big Corsicana is, but you're right. There there's smaller jurisdictions. I would call those exurbs or suburbs rather than the cities. Yeah, the cities are not prosecuting marijuana uh, possession anymore. The, and let's just call it for what it is. There is a culture war present at all times in this state. And the way that red versus blue seems to play out in, in this one particular area is that there are jurisdictions that want to enforce because they, they perceive that lack of enforcement as giving in or lawlessness or, or whatever. And it, it, it needs to be about the law. And the law is, um, I think, on its way to being settled. But at the very least, they should be following their own their, their own procedures, which apparently has not been the case in several of these instances. Stay right there. We're going to take another commercial break. Our guest, Jay McGuire with the Texas Hemp Federation. And then when we come back on the other side, Jay has a special guest to bring on the show uh, to talk with us. Um, none other than Trevor down in the Harlingen area uh, with the recent uh, South Texas uh, case that happened earlier this summer in June uh, will come on and tell us a little bit uh, about his experience with all of this. But we're talking about these cases that uh, are in, unfortunately in rural communities. Uh, they still are getting uh, raided or uninformed, ill-educated law enforcement are still taking um, these alternative uh, cannabinoids uh, uh, from the hemp plant and, um, you know, going after their inventory. THC minus 3% is still legal at that level. And, and this is uh, unfortunate that this keeps happening. And so I'm a big supporter of, of educating our law enforcement on this. And so we want to continue to have conversations, spin the conversation forward so that our rights are protected mainly. Uh, Russell Dowd and Texas Hemp Reporter will be right back after this podcast 144 of the Texas Hemp Show. We'll be right back. This is Tommy Chong, and you're listening to the Texas Hemp Show. 
Azar is a premium cannabis company in Texas. Azar, we assured that the, the quality is great for all of our products. Highest quality is super crucial. We always joke with our customers, hey, don't buy your sushi from a gas station. And you shouldn't buy your CBD from a gas station, right? It's all about quality with the extraction processes. We're partnering with those types of companies, those individuals who maintain high quality hemp as well as high extraction processes and this helped ultimately our clients confidence and that's what we want to provide. SAR's mission is to help out our veteran community, our, our active duty members and to destigmatize cannabis and just help our communities uh, one consultation at a time. Isn't this chance worth it to improve your quality of life? Because that's what we do here at Czar. We truly put people first. Welcome to Czar, where people come first. Hey, this is Chichi Marine, and you're listening to the Texas Hemp Show. Local brand Sweet Sensi, known as the original Texas Rosin Company, presents another year of bringing the hemp industry and the people of Texas together to celebrate all things cannabis at their Texas Hemp Harvest Festival. The Sweet Sensi brand, known as the best true full-spectrum organic gourmet candy manufacturer in Texas, has been selling out the Texas Hemp Harvest Festival for the last two years. This year's festival holds two days of elevated cannabis experiences on November 3rd and 4th downtown East 4th Street at Distribution Hall, showcasing hemp and art vendors from all around the state and features on stage top reggae artists like 10-Foot Ganja Plant, Sister Nancy, Josh Heinrichs with Skillinja, Pacifier, and Austin's own Mau Mau Chaplains. Sponsorships available to companies interested in showcasing their brand to the large audience. Buy your tickets and inquire about sponsorship and vendor spots at TexasHempHarvestFestival.com. The Texas Hemp Reporter is your leader in hemp and cannabis news for fellow Texans. Covering legislative news, alternative product reviews, health, retailer profiles, and celebrity interviews. Cannabis products are growing in availability and in more improved flavors. Ask about your brand being profiled in the magazine. Learn how your products can be featured in the Texas Hemp Reporter magazine and how you can be a guest on the Texas Hemp Show on ESPN Austin. Did you know that the Texas Hemp Reporter magazine is available absolutely free at over 700 CBD stores and smoke shops across Texas, Dallas, Houston, Austin, and San Antonio. Can't find a magazine? Read each issue online at TexasHempReporter.com. For over three years, the Texas Hemp Reporter magazine has educated our readers with news and culture about this amazing plant. For more information, email Russell at TexasHempReporter at gmail.com. That's TexasHempReporter at gmail.com. Now, back to the show. This is Ricky Williams, and you're listening to the Texas Hip Show. Hooker.
Welcome back to the Texas Hemp Show. This is podcast number 144 this week. Russell Dowden here from the Texas Hemp Reporter Magazine, pushing the conversation forward as we are talking with Jay McGuire from the Texas Hemp Federation this week about the shop owners that keep getting affected with raids. And at some point, I want to do a cover of the magazine where we just have the covers called Raided, Raided. And, you know, we address this uh, as this pops up, especially in communities that are smaller in the, you know, the, the rural, like Jay said a little while ago, really more of the suburb communities seem to be the ones that are having uh, this issue as they, um, you know, have county sheriff's office in conjunction with uh, maybe a state agency that, that comes in and, and sadly, uh, you know, has a, has a search warrant and, and wants to, you know, make a stink about uh, these stores having legal cannabis products and CBD. I mean, this is this has got to stop happening. But joining us again, tell us about what happened yeah. and and uh, how the uh, Gestapo came in after you for your legal hemp. It's crazy. So I've been in business since 2018. I grow. I have my farm. I started help start the first farm in 2018. Um, I'm a first responder, EMS, I police, I'm all for them, you know, but it's like you said earlier, we kind of have to just educate something slowly. So in my shop, you were talking about suburbs, downtown, whatever, and all that. My shop is in Harlingen, Texas. Keep in mind in the Rio Grande Valley, there's 10, 12 different cities. Um, each one's 10, 15 minutes away, blah, blah, blah. I'm in Cameron County, 20 minutes that way is Hidalgo County. Um, there's a bunch of shops down here, over 300 plus shops. My shop has been located in downtown Harlingen for the last two and a half years where I grow there. I've had multiple politicians there. Uh, Beto O'Rourke was there in my backyard where I was three feet away from breaking one of the hemp records i had 18 foot plants in my backyard at my shop downtown harlingen that you could see from city hall we have market days every saturday this has been going on for two years and cops come in and use my bathroom this has been going on for two years i've been in business my father dies passes away he's you know the main reason i got into this business um so then i take that hit then I'm struggling because I got to pay financial things. He was in Dallas. We moved him down here. I did whatever I can. And I took that hit. Three months later, four months later, uh, I'm doing my, my inventory, you know, my stuff. And I've actually done consulting for agencies. Uh, I tell them all the time. I'm pretty blatant. We have a van that we would use uh, for farmer's markets. And I'm scared to drive that in the city now. Um, uh, we are play not blatant, but we were located downtown. We had consulting. They all knew about us. Uh, I ordered something from an awesome person. My distributor, honest, you know, comes with paperwork. I think in the UPS, it states that they they have to tell them about it or they're breaking a an amendment or something like that. And there's a legal documentation to law enforcement. Almost every supplier 
sends these documents. I think you know what I'm talking about. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it was over 50 pre-rolls. It was over a customer's order. 50 pre-rolls and... CBD. CBD, hemp. It gets worse. So I get a call. They're asking about this package. Uh, yeah, can, uh, is this your package? Yes. Uh, as long as it's coming from this person, can I go pick it up? So I go to pick it up. Well, that's entrapment. They kept it. Anyways, uh, I'm there in the, the investigator's room, and I'm. he asked me, how do, you, how do I know that this is a THC? It says total THC 0.5 Delta 9 LOQ, completely legal, blah, blah, blah. He asked me to show him how to read the lab results. I showed him on the farm bill. Uh, he talked to, I don't know who, someone. They said they were going to get him tested, but they don't have the equipment. I asked them, when are they going to get the equipment? They said it could take months to years. Uh, it was very bad. I don't want to bash anyone. It's like law enforcement. Because I'm sure they mean well. It's just there's education. I've worked with law enforcement. Uh, we were stationed together. Uh, I can go on. And so that package, yeah. I lost that package. They took it away. And they used it to get a warrant. Three days later, I think I even asked the investigator, if you believe this is legal, can I have the package and can you raid me? And he said no. And I was like, oh, man, come on. And yeah, so who I signs think, off right, on whatever. who signs off on these warrants? My story gets worse and worse. Uh, I'm sitting in my shop. All of a sudden, HPD comes in. Just a local department. No DEA, no state, no nothing. Just a local police department. And then I find out they went to my mom's house too. <laughs> and that's what really got me because my 16 year old nephew's there, mm. and he's gonna think. His uncle's a drug dealer. He's this, that. I mean, he knows what I do, that I grow hemp since 2018. I was part of the, some of the coalitions and all of that. I've been highly involved in the hemp community down here uh, since 2018. But now with that happening, them going to my mom's house, the stress on her, the vision that they're going to make him see, they take all my products, dog peanut butter, CBD gummies, um, two ounces of CBD. They took my package, which were vapes and gummies. They charged me a felony manufacturing distribution and misdemeanor of possession of marijuana. Uh, The ticket, the class C, I believe. All a misunderstanding. All a misunderstanding. And so when the investigators got the package, I was literally with him for an hour, trying to educate him, bringing the laws up on the um, on on my phone and the 2008 bar bill on consumable hemp products. It says right there, it has to be under 0.3 delta nine. Yeah, but it's total 0.5. Yes, but consumable hemp products are 0.3 delta. Nine. I showed him that. I thought, okay, he he gets it. Three days later, they hit me with that warrant. Mm. Now during these three days. I emailed the commander. I emailed all these people, the mayor asking for help because I didn't have money. I don't have money right now. They took all my products. My money is all in my store. I'm the only person in my company. I do everything by myself. Uh, my company's growing, thank God. But this now after this hit, it's like 
I have to start all over. Then you talk about the other guys in their cases. Yeah. Not everyone has the money to get out of jail. And then we didn't do anything. We're not, we're licensed by the state. Uh, it's, it's so mind blowing that you can go to the state's website and it tells you the law and they want to say that your stuff's illegal. I wanted to scream and yell, but of course I, you know, had to act cool and just play it. Um, well, isn't there grounds here and let me bring Jay back in, but I mean, isn't there grounds here, Jay, for a, uh, a civil a, a civil lawsuit or a violation of, of rights uh, uh what you know i want i wonder didn't i don't know that uh, the sky hobbs guys didn't do that i don't know where they're at with their other with they may be countersuing it they ought to if they're not i mean certainly hunter robinson should be suing navarro county um and so uh you know <laughs> whatever the end result it all costs it, money though that's the issue yeah yeah. Let, let me let me let me say this. I, I do not want to um, opine about who's going to sue who or who could sue who, but I will say that citizens have the rights granted to us under this Constitution of our state and and in our country, and they should never be violated by law enforcement who are sworn to uphold them. So, um, in 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 this case, though. What this goes back to is what I was explaining. I, I believe that the war on drugs eroded uh, our civil liberties to some extent with kind of a, an exception made for it. Well, you're accused, but if you're accused <coughs> of that, you know, we're going to get you. It's one of the, one of the, one of the bad ones. Um, and there's, there's still, even today, um, uh, biased information f uh, being fed to law enforcement executives from the National Institutes of Justice. Russell, can I, is it possible to share a screen or can I just send you the, the link? So one of the, one of the roles that um, my former boss had uh, at the Justice Department was he oversaw the National Institutes of Justice, um, which is a uh, grant writing agency uh, that uh, since the 1970s has funneled billions and billions and billions of federal dollars uh, into law enforcement agencies uh, for the purpose of dealing with the war on drugs, among other federal crimes that were greatly expanded in 1970. So I, I knew that a lot of the, the, the factual basis for policies and keeping up with uh, developments in, in law enforcement techniques, for example, and the law, uh, the, the, the government's sort of mouthpiece is NIJ and the stuff that it produces. Last summer, one of the issues that I'm really very interested in, in, in trying to dig into, understand, and explain to the industry uh, is how different laboratories come up with different results. And, and I, NIJ and the, uh, the Office of Justice Programs uh, did a series of different webinars on that subject, and it got really scientific and technical. And to be honest with you, my eyes crossed pretty quick when they, you know, chemists start doing models of molecules. But one thing I noticed that's really kind of key, and I don't know how to, um, I don't know how to share that screen, buddy. Hold on a second, if you can give me. Carl might be able to pull it up. Yeah, so, if you drop it in the chat, we'll bring it up. If you want to paste that there, in there. There's a there's a major there's a disconnect between what the farm bill says and what we all are interpreting 
um, uh, to be the law uh, and what's legal and what's not legal um, and what law enforcement executives to this day are being taught that there's never been a distinction made uh, between the different kinds of cannabinoids to law enforcement. And this, this, this is, this is, it may be this simple. I don't know. The law enforcement um, think that THC is THC. Uh, And they think that because that is what they have been taught. They think that because uh, they are continuing even today, even with the legalization of hemp and, and hemp derivatives, uh, they've been they're continuing to be told uh, that basically look at total THC. The same um, critical mistake in the decision point or the data point that the police officer that uh, Trevor was talking to, I believe, got wrong was that right. he didn't see the LOQ means means undetectable um, in, in Delta nine and Delta eight. Those, yes, Delta yeah, nine is the regulated the limit of quantification. Right. And I, I explained to him that the issue now is we have eight types of THCs. There's THCP, THCO, THC, well, that was good. Delta 8, 9, 6, this. And I think the problem is they may see younger people and want to put them out as drug dealers. Well, well or, hold, hold on. Hold on, Trevor. Let's let's I think let's that's let what this, the commit. Yeah. Let's let, let let's let, you know, the, the, uh, the label see this. Yeah. It, it, it's part. I think the problem is partly a lack of understanding that there is a difference between Delta 8, Delta 9, Delta 10, and all of the other THCs, because they're lumping them all together and looking at total THC, which in some states is, is, is the measure. It is not in Texas. Our legislature has not acted on that. It has not banned these other, um, these other uh, types of THC. And even if it did, Arguably, it would be thrown out uh, under the, what I said earlier, the federal supremacy clause uh, that the Farm Act would control. The, the other piece of it is that that article that informs the executives, the police chiefs of all the municipalities in the United States, all the sheriff's departments get that. They have not been, to my knowledge, I've tracked it. I, I looked through all those publications that the federal government is is uh, is publishing. They're not being taught um, what to enforce against. So, you know, 0.3% Delta 9 and Delta 8 um, is legal here. Three minutes left on the show, gentlemen. I just want to let Trevor let us know what advice he has for other store yeah, owners. Okay. I want to I want to let, let just let me just let me wrap this up in one sentence. They are mistaking hemp and hemp products for marijuana. Now, whether that mistake is biased and, and they have implicit biases leading them there or it's an honest mistake, that's not for me to say, but that's what we have to fix. Well, I think the, the curious part of it is, you know, is this really law enforcement, you know, making mistakes or are there still, you know, is there still There's part of is there still there that they want to come yeah, I believe exactly what you're about to say. Yeah, there's There's a stigma in some of these lower level counties that they still have, you know, they're not, maybe these guys aren't happy, Trevor, that they, that you're able to get, you're able to have a store right there on Commerce Avenue, Harlingen. I was in downtown Harlingen. These guys, I would let them use my shop. I had 18 foot plants. All I can really tell other CBD stores, owners, 
And it's like, if you're going to take me to jail, uh, I, I take, I'll take the rap if it's something illegal that I've done, but I have a legit business. I'm paying taxes to this city. Um, I'm actually doing consulting, which they made fun of me of and said that I'm doing a horrible job because I don't know my laws. Um, there's just have your licenses, has, have your COAs, have everything there. Check your stuff. I mean, I literally lost everything in a day. Uh, shout out to, you know, Jay and AJ, both of them. Uh, they set up a GoFundMe, but not everyone has the money to make a change. Yeah. So if you're out there, just have all your paperwork ready. Uh, eventually, we'll get through this. I mean, that's all I can really say. There's so much more, but we're running out of time. Well, I, I appreciate your time being on the show, Trevor. It's very important that we stick together and fight for our rights, uh, especially in this space. That's why I'm always supportive telling these stories like this. Yeah. Navarro County, Cameron County, Nueces County, Garland, Texas. Uh, this continues, and we've got to bring more awareness to this to our fellow Texans. Jay, Texas Hemp Federation, thank you for being on this week. Come by anytime and chat about this. We would like to do another story and follow up in an upcoming issue of the Texas Hemp Reporter magazine where we profile some of these cases and, and hopefully the victories that come out of it as well. But gentlemen, thank you both for being on the show this week. Thank you guys for having me. Thanks for having us, Russell. All right. Thank you, guys. That's a very important, I think, to address this issue as we continue to see some of the smoke shops being raided for offering and selling legal cannabis and hip product hip drive products so uh, we've got to watch this i spoke with chris fagan who's involved in another case up in north texas this continues to happen we'll have more guests like this on the show in the future thanks for tuning in i hope you enjoyed the program we'll see you soon our 20th issue of the texas hemp report will be out here in the first of october so thanks for tuning in guys give us a like thumbs up and uh, follow us out there on instagram and uh, twitter and, and facebook appreciate your time texas hemp show.